Blog Talk Radio. Yo, this is your boy, G-Ski Rocks. And this is going out to the lovely, lovely women of the world. I know sometimes you have to make a hard decision. But I want you to think about this. listening live will glean wisdom 
and understanding and grow a desire and develop a desire to defend life. Thank you for Melissa, Devin, their little one, Eliana. Thank you for Letitia, Conway, Calvin, and their oldest, forgot her name, Lord, forgive me. But, Father, we're just grateful for just being united again. We say we love you, we bless you, and we thank you for forgiveness of our sins. In the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. And we also thank thank God for Thomas, too. Yes. Yes, we do. We do. As, and it's as, true. Um, as as, as uh, crazy as he can be at times, we, we thank you, Lord, for him and his life. <laughs> Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me address that for a minute. Hold on. You've been gone a while, Melissa. (laughs) I'm going to save you. (laughs) Oh, I love you, Thomas. Of course you do, because I'm a cuddly, wuddly little bubble. Yep, cannot help it but to love you. Very much. We all we all love each other. Yay, yay, yes. Okay, so hey. we're going to start our show off. Kumbaya. Talking about, <laughs> talking about what, uh, I shouldn't be laughing at this, talking about what uh, the whole country is buzzing about uh, this week, which is the riots that are, have been happening in Baltimore. Now, the thing mm-hmm. is, I have to have a very guilty confession here and say that I, for, I am glad for one thing. Now, one thing only about this, um, I shouldn't say glad, no, let me say relieved, that it's not happening in my backyard in Ferguson, St. Louis, Missouri. Like did, yeah, recently, yeah. Uh, I'm relieved that it's not happening here because I think the people here have suffered greatly, uh, and we don't want to tread over old old news here. Um, but I'm, but that's the only thing I'm relieved about. I'm sad to see it happen in other places, and that has in itself been a huge controversy, um, as I think that people have been defending the riots in a way that tries mm-hmm. to justify the violence and the property damage, and people getting hurt. And Christians have and been defending it as well, which is sad. Hey, yeah, you, you know what? Just letting a little bit of my craziness out. That's how come they, those who are defending bad behavior, that's why they're known as useful idiots. And those in the body of Christ, as you just alluded to, Melissa, who are supporting that as well, they should know better. They're going to reap what they sow. That's all we got to say about that. They will reap what they sow. You know, Bible talks about what's that scripture, Melissa? Bible talks about when you sow the what you sow in discord, you reap in destruction or something like that. I don't know the address, but I know I've read the scripture before, and it's very true because those individuals in Baltimore, I'm gonna tell you, 
You don't have no justifiable reason to be angry and full of rage. And I'm going to tell you why. Because a lot of you talk about your parents raised you in the church and this, that, and the other. Here's the reason why you don't have the right to be full of justifiable rage. Because what you are mad about, Jesus Christ died on Calvary for. So... You're without excuse, but you want to walk around like you, like you all that. You will, you will reap what you sow. Right. And uh, before we get into all that, I do want to give credit where credit is due because mm-hmm. I'm that kind of person. And rather than focusing on the negative for a moment, I would want to focus on the positive. And that is all yeah. the hands and feet and heart soulful people that have cleaned up after the riots. And right. uh, this is, I want to play this clip from from ABC News, uh, just giving highlight to the people that are working hard to clean up after others. The last 24 hours, we've seen the streets filled with pieces of brick and broken glass. Tonight here, so many families who say, that was not us, they're now cleaning up. I wept for my city. And this morning, I'm cleaning for my city. You know what? These women who started at 5 this morning, helping store owners save what's left. Volunteers handing out water to the National Guardsmen, and there, a child offering some to a police officer. And then, the teachers we met, preparing to return. How do you explain this to the kids when you go back to school tomorrow? You know, this is their neighborhood. You know, Baltimore is not, you know, what we see on TV. You know, there's a lot of positivity going on in our community. Those teachers back to school tomorrow, they tell me they can't wait to hug those children. That's right. And I want to say one name in particular, a man by the name of Jason Butler, who was uh, photographed with a garbage can in hand, picking up trash, posing for the camera to show that, hey, not everybody in Baltimore is out of control, uh, and some people are trying to keep what's left of their neighborhood intact and doing responsible things. It's sad that the group of people that are cleaning up are not the same people that caused the mess, but, you know, that's that's life. So I want to give credit where credit is due. I praise for those that are getting involved and doing something positive for their neighborhoods. Absolutely, yeah. Right. But are there are there uh, from what you've under, uh, heard or are there people honestly from Ferguson and other places coming into the area to kind of stir this you know stir this up from what you understand? Um, from what I've seen, not so many travelers like we had here in Ferguson from people from all other places. There hasn't okay. been an organized effort for that, but what. Even even what I've seen now, this is I don't have any stories pulled up about this, but um, just what I've heard mainly from Fox News is that when they track the social media organization of this, um, people mm-hmm. telling other people where to go, what time to meet, all this other stuff, uh, a lot of the people that are involved in those conversations are the same people that were involved in organizing riots in Ferguson. Um, same Facebook account, same Twitter account, same social media okay. on different platforms. And do I think that professional protesters are involved? Absolutely. Do I think there's a good portion of this that is 
uh, it, it is constructed or 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 um, artificial? Absolutely. Um, and to just to make things real messy, it's mixed in and among those that are genuinely people that are genuinely, I think, emotionally hurting and out of control. Now, I say both, hurting and out of control, because I don't want to tell people that they don't have a right to hurt. I think if you are hurting about something, um, you are entitled to your feelings. However, you're also out of control if you decide to bash in car windows and light them on fire mm-hmm. um, and throw rocks mm. at police officers and glass bottles. That is out of control. Um, right. So there, there's a lot of – it's complicated, it, just as Ferguson was. It's complicated. People are making it more complicated. I reject anybody's efforts to – Say that we can simplify this issue as a matter of this and that, and and that's what we need to talk about. It's gotten far more complicated than that, and discussion has to go slow. I just had a convers extensive uh, online conversation with an individual that has a very one-sided point of view. Strangely enough, I got involved because I wanted to present the other side, and then she kind of accused me of having a one-sided point of view. Ha ha. <laughs> But one thing I learned, and I'm going to play this music, and then we're going to keep talking about this, is that, you know, some people, some people just want it that way. All right, and so we have other oh, news. The... What? Yeah. Oh, we, we have. We're talking about um, how how the, this whole race issue um, is again brought to the forefront because, first of all, I don't even know where to begin because we've gone through this back and forth. And yes, it is a race issue. Yes, it is a politics issue. Yes, it is all of the above. But something that you said um, that really kind of hits home, Thomas, that you and I discussed this many months ago, I think it bears repeating. Can you tell us what kind of insight you think you you see um, coming out of this? What should we all understand, especially as believers in Jesus Christ? Point blank. The um, what this is, Baltimore, just like the same as in Ferguson and every other riot that has occurred where black people have acted out their rage. Here's the issue first of all, you're dealing with a people group full of rage and anger who somehow feel justified in their actions as if they are immune from the word of God. And keep in mind, 90% of the black community professes a belief in God, in Jesus Christ. Professes a belief in Jesus Christ. 
But somewhere along the line, it may have been lost on them that they don't get to pick and choose what applies and doesn't apply to them when it comes to the word of God. Now, here's the issue. And, Letitia, you and I did talk about what I'm about to bring up. Um, I was praying. This was some years ago. And I was, something had happened in a community, and I was just kind of praying and meditating on why the black community was the way it was. And the Lord spoke to my heart, answered my prayer, and said this. The black community is in a position that it's in because they have never repented as a collective group, not individually, but as a collective group for the sins of unforgiveness for racism. And what I mean by that is the black community, as you see through these actions, they still harbor a rate a racial hatred for the white culture, but yet it's hypocritical. Nobody is rioting when a, a, a gangbanger drug dealer kills an innocent black, takes an innocent black life, but yet everybody wants to come out of the woodworks over individuals who spiritually reap what they sow. See, this is what our community has to understand, folks. The black community has to understand. They're not immune from spiritual laws. We are going to be held to a high accountability because we walk around with a sense of pride like we are so holy. But yet we judge and contrary to what the liberal media and other useful idiots might say, black people are racist. Probably among the most racist people group in this country. And I'm not talking the Africans that come over here. I'm talking black folks. Now, folks, you have to understand one thing. At the end of the day, we're accountable for what we do, and we better stop blaming the white man when there was tens of thousands of white men and women who died fighting for the freedoms of slaves. And I'm not talking the Civil War. I'm talking the white men and women who laid down their lives on the Underground Railroad. So how dare you dishonor them? And what's really ironic and pathetic about this whole thing, you're playing into the hands of the people who hate you the most. You mm. want to talk about strange bedfellows? White Racist liberals are the most racist individuals. Where do you think the white supremacy group came from? Mm-hmm. Where do you think they came from? But yet you want to talk about what conservatives and Republicans are doing for you? 
Why would anybody want to reach out to people who constantly trash them, threaten them? They're not obligated. Well, with liberalism, you know, with liberalism, you you know, you have a group of people who think that we cannot, um, that we are unable, that we we cannot, we do not have the ability to 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 take care of ourselves, to and to provide for our families apart from their intervention. To me, that is completely racist. That is is the most racist ideology that I could ever think of. You're not helping me by making me think that I need you. Right, exactly. Exactly, yeah. I would say, and that's true for every minority, um, because this Mm -hmm. is the same tape that gets played wherever, and wherever a liberal goes to try to, quote, unquote, help. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it's over and over and over. We see it, and this is this is the outcome. This is the outlash at the government and for the, for people for not doing enough for the community. Um, people get frustrated because they don't feel like enough's being done and poured into the community when things are being done in the community and things are being poured into the community, but people don't take advantage of their they don't they don't exercise personal responsibility. And they don't take advantage of the opportunities that they have before them, and exactly. then they get then they get frustrated. And it's like, who are you frustrated at? I mean, is it really the city, the government, the um, who who are you? The police? Who are, who are you exactly frustrated? And that's that's the problem. I don't think that anyone in Baltimore right now who is a part of these massive protests. They actually don't even know who they're frustrated at. They're just frustrated. But you have to start first with yourself and ask basic questions. Um, but, again, when it comes to issues of race, people don't do that. They refuse to do that. Exactly. And, you know, also, I I heard something very interesting. I took part in a radio show earlier today that was uh, – Talking about this very issue, a very awesome guy was the enter. He was a guest, and he said something that was so profound and powerful, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. He was talking about how how liberals view the black vote. Mm-hmm. And Melissa and Letitia, what I'm about to say. Is going to floor you because I don't know if you you two have thought of it this way, but I had never thought of it this way until he until he said it, and when he said it, it hit me so hard. That's how I know that it was a revelation that I believe the Lord was also revealing, and he said this: liberals view. The black people that vote for them as their property, therefore, they're not going to kill their cash cow. In other words, because we was talking about uh, a race war and stuff like that, and he said, well, liberals view the black vote as their property. Mm. It hit me. I was like, wow. 
And if you think about it, if you really think about it, that's the reason why black conservatives are trashed by by white liberals, black liberals, because we're viewed as coming off the plantation the same way as slaves viewed the slave who was uh, who got to live in the master's house. They view us as the house niggas. Oh, you said that word. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna overlook that and just move on because if you talk about complete direction, you know, if we make this analogy, because um, it's it's almost not analogous, it's almost directly the same it's almost the same thing. But you know, right. first runs away from the plantation, the person who runs away from the slavery, and we're not talking about slavery of the body now, we're talking about the slavery of the mind and That's the right. body. Uh, right. Both, because when they have your mind, they have your body too. And right. know, it, shows up, it shows up in, uh, in elec- on election day. <laughs> it shows up mm-hmm. uh, at Planned Parenthood. And uh, so what, what I'm trying to say is when you're running to the opposite direction and you're running away, and these are the people, and it doesn't matter if you're black, it doesn't matter if you're any race now, if you're running away from the liberal mentality, the mentality of death, they're going to project the opposite onto you and say that you are running toward slavery to conservatism, slavery to Republicans, whatever. And I think it's a deflection. It may be unconscious or it can be just the worst form of invective. But they need to vilify people who are thinking for themselves in order to justify their own life-degrading ways. Why do why do liberals defend abortion so much? This is all hooked together. They defo- defend abortion because they believe they should have control over other people's lives. And when you are able to control whether someone lives or dies on this earth, that is the greatest kind of control you can have over another person. And so all of this is kind of an extension. There are variations on a theme. So when we talk about what's happening, why we're having riots, and and all of that is included. Now, I want to zone in on a specific thing about the uh, Baltimore situation, uh, especially when our president, President Obama, has also weighed in on this, and he called the rioters thugs, and then, then there was this big old idea, thugs, code word for, a uh, code for whatever Thomas just said. I know I'm a, I'm not allowed to say that. <laughs> I don't know why other people are allowed to say that, but I'm not allowed to say that. Um, I'm not allowed. Hold, and, hold on. Let's clarify. Hold on. I'm not allowed to say it because I'm a conservative. I lost my black card. So I'm not yeah. supposed to say it. So now back to our regularly scheduled program. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, where, where you can see tomorrow the placards come out, Black Lives Matter, black, hashtag Black Lives Matter, which on this program we don't dispute. Of course Black Lives Matter. That's why we're pro-life. Mm-hmm. But when we 
see what's the messaging coming from the White House and the actions. Oh, so the White House is criticizing those who looted and pillaged and caused a ruckus and calls them thugs, um, but sends representatives to Freddie Gray's funeral, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, sends representatives to Freddie Gray's funeral, to Mike Brown's funeral, to Hugo Chavez's funeral, but not to Margaret Thatcher's or Chris Kyle's or any Mm -hmm. of the other Americans who died, any other Americans who have died in the service to their country or because they were patriots and on the other side of the political spectrum than our president. What message does that send? Some lives do matter more than others. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and there is this there is this um, this obsession with race. I mean, it is it's so sick. I mean, there people. It's almost as as if people are looking for a reason for racial divide. There is such a, um, a, a the environment is just ra- this racial racial tension is is so prevalent that anything can spark it. And I'm I'm trying to understand where, why, and how it is that way. When we're in, it's 2015. Where slavery was 400 years ago. I understand that so many of us went, through, our ancestors went through a lot. But why are people so like eager for some sort of a race war and riot? And and that's what we're seeing played out. I mean, I don't, I don't have the answer I, yeah. to that. I'm just, I guess it's just a rhetorical question, but it's just a question that I have. <laughs> well, I think that's a question on all of us that, that are thinking actually very deeply about this and mm-hmm. wanting actual, you know, it's, it's you and me and Thomas and, and a lot of conservatives that are looking at things objectively and saying, how, mm-hmm. how is this fair to the entire world? How um, is helping rather than, anything or helping anyone, right? Right, rather than advancing someone's political agenda. Mm-hmm. And and that's not to say that people aren't genuinely emotional about that, but that you can be genuinely emotional, emotional about something and be pushing an agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, far be it for you not to be emotionally involved in your political agenda. Of course that, of course mm-hmm. that can happen. Um, but what, what, the conversations that I've been involved in Mm-hmm. Um, have kind of centered along the lines of not just the unforgiveness aspect, but a failure to look at things objectively. So, so I, let me focus on that. You know, certain lives don't matter, mm-hmm. and certain recognitions don't need to take place in this mentality. So, specifically, what I was talking about with the, this individual is that as many people. Um, that brought slavery to America. So we're just we're just talking about an, the United States, America, encapsulated. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at the wide scope of history in the world, you know what took place here in America is just a drop in the bucket. Mm-hmm. You know, white white people, black people, it's it's only a segment of the larger human history that is full of such abuses. Uh, so we take this slice, this American slice of history, and we look at who is in who is in power. Okay, so 
let's just generalize and say, yeah, white people were responsible for slavery. Uh, white people were responsible for uh, Jim Crow laws and white and segregation. White people were responsible for lynching, and uh, white people were were responsible for opposing civil rights acts. Uh, okay, but white people also ended slavery. Name me one non-white lawmaker that could vote to uh, pass the 14th, 15th, 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. Name me a non-white lawmaker who voted to end segregation. Name me a non-white lawmaker that helped vote, against, vote for anti-lynching laws. Uh, name me a non-white lawmaker that doesn't now, I mean, that doesn't now stand up for uh, equal protection on race. Mm -hmm. So we can indict white people in general in the past, but how come we cannot also credit them for changing the laws and changing this country as it needed to be changed? Right, and why 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 the constant need? Anytime anyone says, "Okay, rioting and loot, loot," you know, looting your own community is not a good thing. Why the need to say, "Well, white people have turned over cars and done this and done that," you know, like why, you know, this whole red herring? Why shift the blame of what we what we're doing to ourselves and how we're destru- you know being destructive? And for our children to to watch and see, and applauding it, and excusing mm-hmm. it, and saying that it's okay and justifiable. Why are we constantly pointing the finger at what other people have done with other in other situations? Who cares? It, it's not it's not right. That and, and it's like you said, it's just being able to really look at a situation objectively and just. Um, to to use I mean use your brain and and the, the the common sense that you have been given by our God to just say this is not good it's not good to go and steal things and burn stuff down right and and and, 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 and to and to hurt people who who, who they were going to lose their jobs and their businesses mm-hmm. And and it's not just, you know, this race war with white people. You know, the country isn't just made up of white people and black people. Mm -hmm. There's, there's, we have, uh, amazingly, we have Hispanics who live in this country. You're you're an example of that. (laughs) Right, we have Asians who live in this country. We have, we have Middle Easterners who live in this country. We have people of all different backgrounds, and they don't just live in black neighborhoods or white neighborhoods. And when mm-hmm. you go burn down their store that's uninsured, you've burned mm-hmm. down their livelihood. And there is a story exactly. in particular. It was an it was an Asian uh, an, an Asian woman. Uh, her store burned down. They burned down her store. She was not insured, so she's not getting anything for the damage. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this was her business. This was the, her her living. It's what I don't, she invested I, her life into, and what she. That's right. What what she put and and worked hard for, and it's no one's right because you're mad one day to take that away from her. 
Exactly. This is something that would immediately we would say that was that was completely wrong and unacceptable. If all these mm-hmm. young black men turned around and see, we had the example of the young mom that 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 gave her son a whooping in the street for because mm-hmm. she saw him holding a rock. If all if if because they were angry they turned around and they instead of rioting they beat their own mothers. The whole country would say, what the heck are you doing? That's mm-hmm. crazy. There's no justification for that. Well, there's no justification for burning a car either. Right. Um, so, you know, I think Thomas is correct. There needs to be an infusion and injection of a lot of Jesus into this talk. And people mm-hmm. have to come, people have to have a come to Jesus moment on this. Because I think the country is just spinning its wheels if we, we don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll, it'll just it'll just happen again and again and again and again because of whatever you know isolated event. It will continue to happen unless we change our way of thinking about these issues and just thinking objectively about what is the best way to handle the situation that will help our community and not destroy our communities and that will be an example to our children. And that's how we have to look at this issue and and any issue. But for some reason when it comes to issues when there is a black person and a white person and there's there's a racial disparity in some aspect, all the cards are off the table and mm. anything is everything is permissible. And I reject that in every way because we're human beings first and foremost, and we have to we have to think as human beings and not as animals and savages. And I, I mean, I hate to say that, but that's what that we're we're not we're not animals, and that's what we're portraying to the not only the national media but to the worldwide media is that we cannot think. And respond accordingly and responsibly. And so, um, I just I don't. You're right. We have to. We have to just. I don't. We have to start thinking, and we have to start. We got to change this because otherwise, it's going to happen over and over and over and over again. Any with any incident, there is going to be mm. some sort of a justification to cause havoc on our on our own communities, and it's not acceptable. Right, exactly. You're exactly right. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with uh, with more. back we're going to talk about what democrats always do democrats being democrats and they vote down legislation that protects life and i mean that sincerely they do 
And just this week, Democrats in the Colorado State House, and this was in a committee, they defeated a pro-life bill that ensures babies who survive failed abortions uh, from receiving appropriate medical care and protection. So they, let me let me lay this mm. out for you. HB one 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 two eleven twelve has was being voted on by a committee of thirteen individuals, seven Democrats. Six Republicans. All seven Democrats voted against the bill. All Republicans, all six Republicans, voted for the bill. This is a born alive infant infant protection act. Mm. And why this is so, uh, it by itself an important development. It is it is it is keenly important because. This is just weeks after a Colorado mother was attacked by another woman. A col- I'm sorry, a pregnant Colorado woman was attacked by another woman, had her baby cut out of her, and then the baby subsequently died. The Colorado prosecutor's office is the attorney general. Uh, the prosecutor, I'm sorry, prosecutor is not charging her attacker with the death of the infant as murder. <sighs> and then the Democrats do this and step it up a notch and deny any infant that is born alive in an attempted abortion uh, from any legal protection whatsoever. Tell me... How is it that Democrats have so much compassion? Tell me, how is it that Democrats are so uh, understanding about the needs and want to help people? Personally, I can't reconcile their vote with their speech, but I think I'm pretty used to it by now. Mm -hmm. So, Thomas or Mm -hmm. Melissa... Um, did you follow either one of these stories, the, the attack and then, then this Colorado legislation? Actually, I heard about the attack, and I heard about the vote, and all I could do was just shake my head because it was yeah. just so freaking, yeah. freaking disgusting to me. Right. Yeah, how do you say that an and an, that an, an a living a living breathing human being? Okay, no question. No, it's actually living breathing human being does not deserve the 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 right to um to, to live once they're born, even though. The, the the intent of the mother may have been to take their life, but what, if they're a living, breathing human being, I don't understand the rationale to not protect them. Like we we're supposed to protect um, those who are innocent, those who are defenseless. That is um, the with the right to life, and I don't understand how they're 
it's not that it's not their their fault that they were are born, you know, from the botched abortion. Mm-hmm. But we therefore don't protect them at all. Right. Right. It's these it's these kinds of legal contradictions in in thought and deed that I I think if there's any good that ha- comes from this, it's that it will drive people to see the contradiction and to recognize exactly how crazy our abortion laws are. Abortion is legal technically in this country for all nine months of pregnancy via Roe v. Wade and Doe v. Bolton. And it is states that are trying very hard to pass restrictions on abortion. But we we never have um, this discussion where people just have it out, saying, you know, we, we got close, we got close. It's the it's the liberals in this country that are desperately trying to f- make us forget about Kermit Gosnell. Right. But thankfully, we're not going to. We are not Mm-mm. going to forget about Kermit Gosnell. And I'm surprised. Well, no, I'm not surprised. But I'm disappointed that this party line vote um, didn't have any recognition of the horrors of Kermit Gosnell to inform uh, the Democrats to change their vote. And you would have thought after Gosnell with the horrors of what happened and him being convicted of murder in these cases that they would listen. But that didn't even work. The thing is, I think what the the overall issue here is, is that they do not want the abortion industry to be policed or to be regulated at all. And they don't want to to face the fact that there are babies who are born alive even after a, 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 a botched abortion. So they want to just put their blinders on, deny that this is an issue, and just keep it moving. And that's not fair. That's not right for the moms, for the, you know, we have to have, some, we have, to have clear lines. And we need to know that whenever a child is born from this evil, evil procedure, mm. that they... If they survive, that you know what, we need to protect them. We're not just going to kill them and just right. strangle them or, or whatever the the procedure normally is. Or, um, but it's just it's 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 only right. I think it's this is a way to just continue to keep any regulation off of the abortion industry because right. well, they can do whatever yeah. they want and no one even questions it. And it's it's it doesn't make any sense to me. Legally, I don't even think we need to pass Born Alive Infant Protection Act, except that I know if it's we like don't duh. Them, I know <laughs> if we don't have them, then prosecutors can't point to anything that they can they can charge abortionists with. Not that they actually will, but mm-hmm. I mean, technically, the Supreme Court has said a child in the womb doesn't have legal protection from the Constitution or the mm-hmm. the legal protection of the constitution now we're saying that children that come out of the womb, out of the womb. also don't have legal protection That's, yeah where where is the line is there any line yeah. or did they just don't care 
how how long will it be before Peter Singer's uh, desires? And, and we've talked about Peter Singer before. Uh, mm-hmm. Peter Singer is the anti-ethicist that I'd like to call, um, who says <laughs> that infants up to nine months after, or I don't know, what is it, nine months, three years after birth? I, I think, no, I think it was it was it was way more than nine months. I think it was like eighteen months or something like that. Eighteen. So. Okay. Um, it could have been longer though. <laughs> right. And and he's not alone. We talked about. Uh, the British ethicist, or now they're not British, but they wrote in the uh, Journal of Medical Ethics, Giublini and Minerva, arguing for what they call afterbirth abortion, which is actually infanticide, saying that parents should be mm-hmm. able to decide whether or not their children is worthy of life uh, for an extended period of time after being born. Mm-hmm. And we are on our way to fulfilling their their theoretical um, ethics. It, it only takes what happens I'm sorry what happens yeah. in theory in our uh, in boardrooms and in uh classrooms mm-hmm. in academia right. becomes real life in time because it and Leticia, moves. you and I are on the college campus and we're doing yeah. you know Rasha Christie with ministry and we're we're trying to um create a biblical worldview and we hear the really horrible and sad and tragic um, and detrimental ideas that are coming out of the college classroom that we need to combat and that we are doing that through Arisha Christie. But the, what, I'm so confused um, as to why, how how could you as a, a American citizen um, vote for people who will not protect children, innocent children, Coming out of the womb, okay. Nancy How can you vote for these people and trust them to protect you and your rights as an American citizen in your future? There is no correlation there. We, if we exactly. cannot protect, if we cannot protect children when they come out of the womb, and we we refuse to give them life-saving um, treatment so that they can live and survive, then how can you? As an able-bodied person who can go to a voting poll and click, you know, for uh, click and check for a certain candidate, how can you have any trust in that candidate and that party? And how can you even um, how can you do that with a, a good conscience? I don't know how they do that with a good conscience, but you know, then I don't want to ever see a person like Nancy Pelosi wave a ketchup bottle at me. Anymore on TV. Uh-uh. I mean, it, don't tell me it's for the children when you don't care yep. about. Yeah, you guys really care all. about children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've even we've even, I mean, going further than the infant the rejection of infant born alive protection acts. I mean, Obamacare is now in two ways violating the conscience of consciences of Americans in that way. Um, mm-hmm. Peter Singer, again, argued that it was reasonable for government or private insurance companies to deny treatment to severely disabled babies. Obamacare is now being positioned not to provide, to deny people care that they paid for and had to pay for under the mandates. Um, Now the government is going to turn around and deny things. And they're not just denying um, care for infants that are disabled. They are 
the, there's money that is slated for abortion. And if you thought that um, Obamacare was good if you had a pre-existing conditions and you would get covered, well, surprise, you're not as covered as much as you were told. Mm-hmm. Because now it comes out, <coughs> excuse me, that Obamacare um, has reduced, has, has got a real short list, let me put it this, this way, of medications that they will cover um, for people with serious pre-existing diseases. Uh, Dr. Scott Gottlieb of the American Enterprise Institute explains it, and he says it this way. If the medicine that you need isn't on that list, the very short list, it's not covered at all, you have to pay completely out of pocket to get that medicine, and the money you spend doesn't count against your deductible, okay, and it doesn't count against your out-of-pocket limits, so you're basically on your own. Wonderful. Why do we need Obamacare then if we are just on our own? Mm-hmm. I think Americans have been profoundly lied to about this disaster that is Obamacare, the menace to medicine and to our health. Really, it is a menace to our health. Um, I'm just waiting for the day where we can finally realize it and can put in the machinery to try to repeal it. Um, but we have to move on and talk about something that I, I that's kind of related to the rioting and the race relations. And I, it is our time for our stupidest thing ever. And let me play that, and you're going to really like it. The what, Let me set this up, because the audio that I'm going to play for it is a parody. And itself is not the stupidest thing ever, but it is pointing out what is the stupidest thing ever. So you're going to like this. Hey, this is not first class. Nine one one. what is your I need help. There's some people outside. I think they're trying to break into my garage. They're breaking into your home right now? Yeah. Can you send some police? What kind of police? What do you mean, what kind of police? Due to recent policy changes regarding police brutality, we need to ensure that the officers we send out are guaranteed to not be viewed as racist, trigger-happy, discriminatory in the event of a violent confrontation. So, Can you just send someone to help? I don't know what these people want. My family is here and... Oh, my God. They just got into the garage. Please send some help! In order to send help, I need to know what race the perpetrators are, their age, their sexual orientation, what gender they are. Do they have a criminal record? Are they on drugs? If they are armed, and if so, what are they armed with? I don't care about any of that! Send help now! Sir, we cannot send white officers out there if the perpetrators breaking into your home are non-Caucasian. I can't send officers out there with guns if the alleged burglars are not armed. So, I need to know. Sir? Sir? 911, what is your emergency? 
Oh, so I I, I really appreciate that video slash audio uh, showing us the absurdity of where this political correctness has ta- taken us. I mean, if you asked me, you know, eight to ten years ago, if we would have gotten to this point, I would have said, oh, that's so silly. How can we lose our minds, collect- collectively lose our minds like that? But yet here we are. <laughs> So that was, I guess I stunned my co-host to silence with that. Uh, <laughs> Not really. Not really. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, this, this is the, uh, okay, let me just leave it at that. This is the stupidest thing ever. So you guys want to wrap it up? Anything, announcements you want to make for our last four minutes on air? Well, Melissa, I got something to say. Sure. Melissa? Devin Blue will be coming to Kansas City, Missouri in August for the first annual Frederick Douglass Foundation of Missouri event. That's all. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just saying. Might yeah. want to talk to her about that. <laughs> I, I, um, I guess I'm going to be there. August 28th, well, actually 27th, 28th, and 29th, because 27th is the VIP event. Well, of course you're going to be there, yeah. even if I have to, even if I have to take a train, plane, or motormobile and tie out to the trunk or the You'll hood. Come get of, us? <laughs> I can't drive, but, you know, that's okay. Well, I'm, I'm just... <laughs> I'm, I'll be honest. I'm there's there's a lot of things that God's doing in our lives lately. Um, some some things painful. Some things, you know, it's been kind of a valley lately. But I'm I'm really glad to be back with you guys. And um, we are. I know. Aw. <laughs> I'm getting sentimental here. That's all you're gonna find on this T on TLFR. Yeah, that's for the emotions that you'll find. So, um, but I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for you know, the, you know, you guys. And the thing is, I, I, there's so many things going on in the in the world and in the country and these sort of things. But I'm just I'm so, um, God has for whatever reason he he put us here on this planet at this time to address these issues and to deal with them and to pray about them and to minister to people through them. And yep. I'm happy and it's. I'm not well. I'm I'm just excited to do those things with you in the midst of a lot of sadness and um and unfortunately a lot of blindness that's going on in our culture. So but I'm glad to do that with you guys. Amen. Right. Thank you. You too. Um and you know everybody for what I think is a really a, a balanced point uh voice of reason. Stick to our show, True Life Fridays Radio. We're going to be back next week with more, 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 more. And uh, don't yep. go anywhere. And we will see you back next week. Good night, Melissa. Good night, Thomas. Yes. Talk to you later. Good night, listeners. Good God night. bless you guys. And Conway, happy birthday again for me. Yes, happy birthday, Mr. Sure Conway thing. Wong. <laughs> sure thing, sure thing. Have a good night, everybody. Right. Good night. God bless. Good night. Yeah.
hands up open wide Put your hands up side by side Age don't matter like race don't matter like place don't matter like what's inside Let the kick drum kick one time Breathe out let your mind unwind Eyes on the ceiling looking for the feeling Wide open let your Side by side, don't matter like race, don't matter like place, don't matter. 